Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today at lancebychance.com or on Amazon. Welcome to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry. And my guest tonight is Sal Renaro. How you doing, Sal? Oh, man, I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have this chat. You've had a, a quite the career. We're talking nearly a 20-year career, correct? Well, actually, a little longer. I was actually, uh, just a couple days ago, I was on my way to uh, a show. And, I, you know, I, I was in the car alone, which is rare. I usually have my son with me, but uh, he wanted to take the weekend off. Uh, and so it was just me and my thoughts, and I realized while I was in the car that my wrestling career is now old enough to drink legally, and uh, <laughs> that kind of that kind of made me. Yeah, you know, I I almost pulled over for a minute and started dry heaving. So yeah, I'm. Uh, this is year 21 for me. Wow, wow! And I discovered you last year when you were on the NWA studio shows. What was that experience like? It was. It was something, again, 21 years in, you know, I've kind of done a thing or two uh, in this business, and it was something I had never experienced before. It was surreal. I uh, I remember walking in the first day of the tapings, and I don't know, a lot of people don't really put two and two together, but uh, I was actually the very first NWA power match. Uh, a lot, that kind of slips through the cracks because I wasn't the featured performer, but uh, – and I, I always have that to hang my hat on. But uh, walking into that studio the first day, as a longtime fan, when I walked in, it's like I jumped out of the DeLorean with Marty McFly and walked into 1985. I mean, it was it was so it encapsulated everything I witnessed as a as a child, you know. And on top of that, as I'm just kind of standing in the studio in awe. I look to my left, and here comes Ricky and Robert from the Rock and Roll Express. And I'm like, "Oh my God, what's happening here? This is this is spectacular!" But uh, that the NWA Power experience is, you know, it was one of the one of the highlights of my career. Definitely, you know, the, the latter part. And what are you doing right now? I'm, I'm actually fortunate where uh, I'm living. I live out in Georgia, and we haven't been shut down so much as some of the other states. So I've been staying pretty active. Uh, there's uh, there's quite a few shows here in Georgia that I've been uh, bouncing back and forth between uh, NWA and – well, I think there's just Anarchy now, no NWA affiliation. But uh, Anarchy Wrestling and Southern Fried Wrestling, I do a show called WrestleMerica. Uh, there's a Peach State Wrestling Alliance that I've just started back on. So uh, I've got – a I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to stay active, and I'm kind of just uh, biding my time and waiting for uh, for NWA Power to get back up and running. Uh, I've 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 had I've been told by uh, people high up the ladder just to be a little little more patient. We're we're getting there, so you know I'm just trying to stay ready for that when it when it's ready to come back. Absolutely. What a what a good product that that is and I think it 
really took a lot of people by surprise. You know, when when it was first announced that they were going to do a studio show, a lot of people uh, kind of questioned it, right? Yeah, and you know, I think it, it was it was so different. Nick Aldis and I were actually talking about this at one of the shows where he said, you know, the beauty of our of the show, the beauty of the product is the NWA wasn't going out to be world beaters. You know, it's not like they wanted to stick their flag in the sand and say, we're the number one wrestling promotion in the country and nobody's better than us because that would be, that'd be a fruitless battle to wage. Uh, what the NWA was essentially just trying to do is be an alternative. You know, uh, the way he put it, and I thought it was eloquently put is, uh, NWA was just trying to be in and out, you know, the, the hamburger restaurant where you can go anywhere and get McDonald's. You can go anywhere and consume the WWE product. You know, uh, nowadays it, you know, it's slowly getting to that point where you can go most places and consume the AEW product. That's not what NWA was about. NWA was trying to be quality over quantity. So we weren't going to have eight hours of live TV every week or we weren't going to have two hours of live TV every week, but what we were going to have was an hour of incredible television that was one of a kind. It wasn't going to be the same thing you could see Monday night and Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday night. And, uh, you know, they, as a promotion, they just wanted their little share of the pie, not the whole thing. And I thought that really presented well when the, uh, when the final product was out online where you can see that, you know, this is different. It's not, it's not what you're what you're you're seeing constantly, and it's a nice little break from what everybody else is presenting as pro wrestling. Well said. You're not a stranger to big promotions, you know. You've, you know, how long were you with Ring of Honor? My whole Ring of Honor journey is very uh, unlike anybody else's. Where uh, I started out, my first Ring of Honor appearance was in Dayton in the beginning of 04, I believe it was. I was a member of the Special K, uh, which a lot of people don't remember. Uh, but uh, I, I, I had a short run with Special K, which led to uh, the when we did the blow-off match with Special K uh, getting disbanded in New Jersey, you know, we, we had a big cage match with the Carnage crew. And I got to eat uh, a bionic elbow from Dusty Rose that night. I got to take a cane shot from Justin Credible that night. Like, crazy stuff that, like, little me would have never, ever would have, in a million years would have thought would have been possible. But uh, so I started there in 04, and uh, my last Ring of Honor match was actually just last year. Before the, it was January of 2020. Uh, I, you know, so I, I, I've been, I've been, on that radar for a long time, but you know, in between, I've also I've also wrestled for WWE. I've worked with TNA, so uh, yeah. I mean, I've had a I've I've had I've had a couple dances with the big shows. I was looking through your resume, and we, I saw that uh, you were a part of the Wrestlers Road Diaries. I, I was not aware of this. Yeah, what a great opportunity that was. Uh, coming up, you know, especially at that time. I had known both Cabana and Brian. Uh, I still call him Brian. I, I know he's Daniel Bryan. He's 
super, super, he's Daniel Bryan, he's super famous now. But uh, he'll always just be Brian to me, so please forgive me if you get confused, but Brian's Daniel Bryan. Uh, but I had known them for about four or five years at that point, both, and for whatever reason, both of them just really took a liking to me. Uh, uh, Cabana and I have very similar personalities. Uh, you know, you know we, we try to see the, the, the fun side of both situations. And uh, Brian is low-key the funniest person I know. He's just a funny, funny guy. And uh, we we just really appreciated each other's camaraderie. And at the point, at that time, we were doing the Ring of Honor TV show for HDNet at the ECW Arena. And Cabana pulled me aside one night and said, hey, I've got this weird idea. You know, I just want to try it out. Uh, but it would consist of me, you, and Brian and uh cameraman and it's just going to kind of follow us for a couple weeks and just chronicling what independent wrestlers go through and i was like hey but i mean yeah you're, you're telling me i get a, a couple weeks to hang out with you guys sign me up you know like 100 percent uh and he was like oh we'll work out money i was like you he didn't know this at the time but he didn't have to pay me anything i'd have done it just to do it because like uh, just as, just for an opportunity for me, I never saw myself as one of their peers. They always were a level above me in my brain. And so it's funny that, like, when the movie came out, I was kind of clumped in with them as as an equal when, in reality, I mean, clearly, Brian is the best pro wrestler of his generation. And that is I, – I, I have to tell my son this a lot because he kind of, you know, well, what about AJ or what about – you know, this guy, what about that guy? And it's not a slight on anybody else, but I think Brian is the best pro wrestler of his generation, bar none. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody he could even consider having a bad match with if he tried. He's just, he's just that good. And uh, I viewed him as that even then. So for the opportunity to sit in a car with him for two weeks, and and just absorb whatever he's talking about. Yes, please. I will I'll gladly do that. And the other gentleman in that in that threesome mm-hmm. is Colt Cabana. Yeah, what yeah. an amazing marketer, right? Yeah, I mean he's well the thing is I remember uh this was a few years ago. I was I was actually circle back, we were at a Ring of Honor taping and uh, Cabana and I were talking and the Young Bucks happened to come by and this is right when they got their Hot Topic deal. And, you know, uh, Cabana was congratulating them on it. They were like, we were just following your lead. And, you know, and they kind of hit me like, oh yeah, like Cabana completely changed the way independent wrestlers could find a way to uh, add to their income. I mean, he's just and he's just—I fell in love with with Cabana because he's a funny dude who is really good in the ring. But then to take a step out of the pro wrestling bubble and to see how well he's been able to market himself—I mean, it's really an incredible just uh, just that the foresight that he's had and the ability uh, to market himself and apply all of that to. The, the pro wrestling genre is really, really incredible. Absolutely. And I think I think a lot of people can learn from him, not just wrestlers, you know? Any avenue of, of life, I mean, really, I mean, if you, 
uh, circling back to like a restauranteur, you know, or anybody that's got their own business. I mean, Cabana's really laid out a solid model on on how to be self sufficient and uh, make you know investing in yourself and making that pay off. What is one wrestler that maybe you were maybe taken back by that you were standing across the ring that when one night you you had an opportunity to wrestle this person who would have who would that be in your career? First name that comes to my mind uh, it was D'Lo Brown uh, just because hey D'Lo went out of his way to make it uh, more than it should have been for me. You know, he could have he could have just gobbled me up and it wouldn't have been an issue to me. I was a huge D'Lo Brown fan. I had told him prior to us working that, like, I remember vividly going to a Raw in 1998 and holding up a sign opposite of Hogcam that said, Push D'Lo Brown. Like, I was always, like, D'Lo Brown was my dude. For whatever reason, I've always dug the the undercard guys. I mean, like, obviously, like, Randy Savage and Shawn Michaels are, like, my two favorite wrestlers ever. But I've always gotten into those undercard wrestlers, and D'Lo Brown was that guy for me. And I was just like, he's the man. I, you know, I hope they, I hope they push him. I hope they get behind him. And so for the opportunity to not only wrestle D'Lo, but to, like, it was, it was at, an, it was at one of those ROH TVs. And to make it, like, a very competitive match when it didn't have to be, like, I thought that was just the coolest thing uh, ever. And I, I, I was able to t- kind of take a moment and breathe and look around. Like, I'm wrestling D'Lo Brown at the ECW arena for national television. Like, wow. I mean, you know, just, just saying it out loud still is kind of crazy to me. Great stories, man. I've really enjoyed listening to you. Sal, I want to thank you very much for having you on our show tonight. I really appreciate the opportunity to share when I can. Oh, it's it's been my pleasure. So for WrestleVille.com, this has been the WrestleVille Podcast, where wrestling lives. Remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book at lancebychance.com or on Amazon.